Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Maletsky. And I'm Melanie Curtis. Our mission is to live, love, laugh, and learn together with you. Yes, we are here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. You have already found us on the internet. If you would like to find us everywhere else, our handle is trustthejourney.today. You will find us on Spotify, on YouTube, on iTunes, on Patreon, where you can become a supporter if you click the donate now on our Patreon page, which you can also find through our webpage at trustthejourney.today. You can become a member of the Trust the Journey family, which is a specially curated group that we put much intention to creating a safe emotional space for all the participants to live and share and be part of. And it's such a great group of people and so much gratitude going out to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. You make this show happen. And we just went through our uh, annual review of our Patreon page. And it was so inspiring and so gratitude filling to have so much support. And you truly do make this show possible. So please donate on Patreon if you feel so inclined. Yeah, absolutely. Amen to that. And we also want to thank our amazing audio editor, Kimberly Joy Voice. She is phenomenal. If you want to hire her, do it. It's KimberlyJoyVoice at gmail.com is how you get in touch with her. And if you want to follow Jay or myself individually, you can follow Jay on Instagram at Jason underscore Maledsky, or you can go to my website, MelanieCurtis.com. Also, Queen Jasmine, what's her channel? It's Queen underscore Jasmine underscore official. And that's on both Instagram and SoundCloud. Nice. Yeah, I have like 18,000 things that you can follow. So you really should just go to my website. So (laughs) yeah, if you go to my primary Instagram, you can find everything. too. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Cool. Cool. So let's dive into this. And Jay, you mentioned this a bit in the intro that we are today. It's New Year's Eve and we are talking about our goals and intentions for 2022. And we want to share a bit about our process, how we you know, take on a project like this and also how we grow a project and community and impact a creative project like this. So we wanted to give you more of that insight into the behind the scenes while sharing also about ourselves as we always do, but how that integrates into the process that we have for Trust the Journey. So Um, I was listening to our episode from last New Year's just yesterday, just to continue that iteration process, which is so valuable in this whole life of just like make some try something, make some mistakes, make (laughs) try to do something, make some mistakes, fail miserably, try over, make some progress, make some mistakes, try over, you know, that whole thing. It's just continually ongoing for us. And I'm really happy after listening to that episode um, about some of the first the reminders that it gave me to be like, oh, yeah, that's what I said I was going to do. And oh, that's where my mind was at. And I could reflect back. So having those like physical check ins of hearing myself speak or opening up my goals and intentions uh, document that I wrote for myself the previous year and reviewing that stuff is just super powerful. And um, last night at two in the morning, I was working away on turning my life into a project and taking all my goals and intentions for 2022 and breaking them into subcategories and making sure that they were actionable items and that each of them had clarity about what I and like really sinking into each one and going, what do I, what do I really do? I, it, this is a nice goal, but what is it like? How do I do it? And putting some clarity around all of them, how to make them happen. Yeah. Well, I think it's useful. It'll probably be worthwhile for our listeners to share about what exactly we do, because that was yeah. something as yeah. I was listening to the episode last or yesterday as well to sort of review for this episode, I noticed how we did our usual deep diving into concept, like broader concepts, but we didn't really share what we do and, and what the process actually is. And it's such an incredible process, even though it's not that 
hard to like meaning it's not that hard meaning we have a document we have intentional time set we work through the document we go through our own individual goals to make sure that we're honoring our individual selves as it relates to this collaborative project then we work toward the collaborative goals and and go through all that one of the things that we highlighted yesterday in doing the actual process and actually doing that was how awesome it is to have a teammate a collaborator that is willing and committed to doing that type of strategic work. So how so many people say that strategic thinking work and planning is so important. And then so many people at the same time in a, a parallel study say they don't have time for it. So it's really, really cool to be a part of this team, this little two-way team that we have, and see that actually occurring. You know what I mean? I think I said it yesterday. I'm so grateful to have you, Jay as someone who's willing to play at the same intensity level and the same commitment level and the same follow through level as I am. So I really appreciate that about you and love that about how we roll here. Thanks, Mel. You know, the whole process of, um, and for me, the way this experience started is goes back 20 years now. It's exactly 20 year anniversary for um, upcoming for PD factory team. So um, back when we when I joined the team in 2002, we started this process of doing annual retreats where part of our collective energy would be focused around the idea of we know we're on a team together and we want to do some stuff and we're excited and we've got some energy. But what and why and how are we going to truly make sure that we execute on the things that we decide to do? And so it was driven by this understanding that we're all a bunch of like really passionate people and have our the things that we're already doing in our lives that we care about ourselves, that are our underlying motivators that are pre-existing. Those are there and they are the biggest factors that determine everything else that's going to occur or not occur. So our process was always this, that we would sit down and we would share with each other where we were in our lives at that point and what was passionate to us, what we, what felt good to us, like what are the things that we were currently really wanted more of in our life. It, at the time, it was more swooping or a certain amount of swoop comps. And oh, I have a girl that I want to spend a lot of time with. And there's a drop zone that I jump at that I make money at that's important for me because I need that income stream. Then we would each share into the, into the pile all the things that were important in our individual lives. And then we would look for the overlap to see where there were collective goals. And for that group, it was very clear that there were a number of competitive and performance goals for Canopy Pilots because we had intentionally pulled four people together who had very similar goal sets in at least one area mm -hmm. of our lives. Yeah. And this process has turned into an annual New Year's review where we would get every every end of year, we'd say, okay, let's look back at what we said. Oh, so I skipped a step there. We look at the, we look at where there's overlap in the goals of each of our personal lives. We look at where our our team or our company or our family or our relationship, whatever term you want to put on it about why people are together. Yep, yep. We would look at where there's collective goals and we would agree on which ones we wanted to target and focus as a collective and say, these are the ones we want to make most important. We'd rank them with an A. These are the top of our list out of all the things we could do. We'd go, these are Bs. They're second most important. And these are Cs. We'd like to get to them. We hope we do. We're, they're not going to over-prioritize an A. Yep. They're, right? And so we would, we would break our list of to-dos. And then we would take, we'd also recognize that some of the individual goals may be like collective supporters to the team, but they're not a team energy, yeah, you know, like yeah. a certain person might be raging off to write their book and do their thing. And that's great. And it supports the energy of the project, like Mel and her audiobook <laughs> supports us massively, but it's not directly a trust the journey project. Yep. So there's exactly all this kind of stuff. And then once we got the pile all sorted and prioritized, we'd go and 
take off and live our lives. And we don't, we would have put a lot of intention around the idea of what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're going to, what the order we're going to do them in. And then a year later, the same thing. You sit down, you pull out that list of things you said we were going to do and a list of things that we each said that we're going to do. We review, we recognize which ones we put time into, which ones we achieved, why we did or didn't, which ones roll over to the next year. And then we get back to the present moment. We look at where we sit now, having achieved things or having not achieved them Mm -hmm. and decide what the new path looks like and what are the new goals or which goals continue to stay at the forefront. And we redo the process over again, look for the aligned pieces, look for the ones we think are good for the group, good Mm -hmm. for the family, good for the team. Yep. Agree on them, prioritize them, repeat annually. Yeah. I mean, and guys listening, I, I, when even I've been in this process and even listening to you, Jay, like recite what it is in a more step-by-step sort of way. It, I don't know if you hear this peeps listening, but it sounds like it takes a lot of time to me. If you're really going to do it, it takes time. And I mean that, and I say a lot, that can mean anything. That could be a week to someone. It could be three hours to someone else. So I think of it more like it's not just a one hour call. We sort of laugh that like there's no chance we can get through this type of process in an hour. It requires for us, gosh, probably six hours. Six hours is a good guess. Yeah, something like like that. You need like an hour to look at look backwards Mm -hmm. and then maybe an hour to kind of assess where you are and an hour to look forwards and then you want to need time to sort and organize and prioritize everything and kind of go through it all and, you know, reshuffle yeah. it to a, to a way where it's it's functional list. You know? Yeah, yeah. At which point that end sort of clarity on this particular process then needs to be integrated into our systems of accountability and follow mm-hmm. through. Because mm-hmm. like I've seen it happen so many times with my life coaching clients, and I've certainly done this myself as well, where I'll work on a goals list, but then I won't have a system for it to be in my top of mind throughout the year. And so we just make sure that you add that as a step for everyone listening and who's wanting to maybe take this on for themselves and their teams or families or relationships, whatever kind of way, as Jay said, that you come together. There needs to be a way that you know that you're engaging the list and that you're engaging the goals and following through on them. Otherwise, you'll come up to your next annual review and be like, oh, fuck, what did I do? You kind of just luck out in that case. So there's so many versions of this, right? Like, and it could leave, whatever version suits you, whatever inspires you is the one that feels natural is the one you should go for. And there was a time in my life where the wall right behind this laptop screen would be splattered with all the things that we that I just talked about. They would have the flyers for the events that I'm going to. They would have the uh, training stuff that I've written up for myself, the inspirational, like I'd make my big vision board mm-hmm. on the wall behind my desk on my cork board, and that would drive me. And now that more lives in a Google document where I have everything structured into a system where it's really, uh, really f- accessible to me at any time because it's on a cloud-based document but and i've attached it to my calendar you know so whether it means um you know putting pictures on your wall making a notebook with your list or putting stuff in your phone or whatever it is it it, there's no wrong way to do this yeah you we just need to engage it with a, a level of frequency such that we are moving forward toward the things that we said that we wanted to do otherwise it's so easy to get distracted life has so many potential distractions to to we for us to chase down um I think that's important. Yeah, for me, it's a visual thing where my office becomes uh, I need things visually represented. It's very easy for me to get distracted. So I have things visually represented in a vision board, in certain notes, in my goals list posted so I can see it and engage it with frequency, like I said. 
And I certainly have a digital method as well, but I use my digital task list, like through Asana, my project management software and Google documents and stuff like that. I use that for the more minutiae, the physical actionable items that are connected to the larger picture goals. So that's a continuing practice for me where I'll engage my bigger list and I will kind of consistently action item those things down. So like, okay, great. One of my goals is, I don't know, to like to dance more. Okay. Well, what does that look like? What does that actually mean? Oh, it's to sign up to pay for Phil's class <laughs> you know, for, for January and then go. So like, that's what I literally need to do in order to fulfill on my dance more goal in this particular phase. Yeah. <clears throat> Similar on my end is the once I know my A's, the top priorities in whatever parts of my <clears throat> um, whatever sections of my life we're talking about, like I have some financial goals, I have some creative goals, I have some work goals, like there's all different parts of my life and I'll have top priorities in each of those areas that I will want on to make sure that they are the first things or they stay at the top of my attention. And my number one most functional way to make sure that I am actually staying on those is to put them on my calendar. Yeah. I will schedule them. That is absolutely the most functional. Cool. So I already started this year by with some of the goals is kind of putting not necessarily deadlines, but like time frames around them. So one of them says first week of January. Another one says end of February. So they're not a hard deadline. It's more like, when do I really see this likely to occur? Like if I look at my year ahead yeah. and I think about the things that I have going on in my life, where do I have free space to put things in? Where am I already committed? How can I lay out the year so that I'm not overloading myself at any point? Or not attending to goals because I've left too much blank space on the calendar and now I'm fiddling about in the garage for right. weeks on end. You know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I love one of the things that you said in the episode last year about how structure creates freedom, how structure actually allows us to it's it's interesting because it feels like it could make us less free if we have guardrails or or parameters or some kind of structure. But in my experience, without any structure, it's too open. It's way too open for me that I'll just get lost in the million possibilities of how I could spend my time in my day. But where I ha have simple pieces of structure, again, sort of, again, like my to-do list, like the calendaring, like selecting which goal will be the priority goal for that quarter or for that year or whatever, that little piece of structure, supporting structure, allows me to be free inside of how I execute that amidst all of life that happens throughout, you know, so I feel like that's important to highlight because I feel like it is an actual balance. It's a balance that at least works for me. I definitely need some freedom. If I have super structured or I'm over calendared, I will resist that to the freaking ends of the earth. But if I have no structure, I will flail. So this is where we have to like um, relate our own personal emotional journey to our, you know, attempts to organize ourselves. Right. Because I, I sent a birthday message to one of my good friends. And he's such a great dude. I know he's probably not listening, but happy birthday, Dave Mahoney. Nice. Yeah. What's up, Dave? Yeah. Happy birthday. Mahoney. <laughs> uh, I sent him a message, you know, I said, oh, God, you're still here, you know. <laughs> And he says he replied back in spite of myself, <laughs> you know, and I just love that concept of in spite of myself, like we are our worst enemies, you know, and this is not going to not happen because of somebody else. My goals are going to not happen because of me, 
you know, I make them and I fail to get to them. So the more things we do to assist ourselves in our process, which is polarized in its experience of I need to get organized and create some structure and have a clear path and leave myself some space to go adventure and smell the flowers and sleep in and go to bed early or go out and have some fun with my friends. And there needs that balance needs to be there. And whatever that ratio needs to be for any one particular person is for it's for each of us to uh, assess. Absolutely. Well, I think we should celebrate some of our wins. I think that is also a beautiful thing to do on an annual basis and actually regular basis, to be honest, I think is important and so useful. Uh, But since we're talking about annual reviews and what did we do, what did we accomplish? And then where are we right now? What do we want to set as goals going forward? Let's do a little celebrating. What did we accomplish this year? (laughs) Well, I'll start off by saying we did our first annual review in 2018, and now we're reviewing in 2020 at the end of 2021. So we're this is our third year reviewing our team and our process. So congratulations to us for still working hard on this. We're still here. The project is still going. So Mm -hmm. I like to start with the simple and the anchor that says, hey, this could have fell apart halfway through the year because we both had other things that are more important in our lives. But no, that's not the case. We're hard at it and picking up steam, you know, building inertia over time. So that's where I start. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I feel like I say this every time we talk about this type of thing, but it really moves me to think about us following through like a metronome every two weeks for three plus years, almost to 100 episodes. Like we're getting close to 100. I am wildly proud of that because I know what it takes. It, it really is a lot of work. And so I just think that's wonderful. I think that little piece of structure of the two week we're pu- we're publishing every two weeks that really helped us in that phase of the year where we were super smoked. We were like, let's record ahead three episodes so that we stay on track. And then we also can get a lot of time sort of off to, to focus on these other things that were more important at that time. Super proud of that. So the, we just anchored just by taking a second to review. We just affirmed our own. Um, need to say, hey, the structuring, scheduling, putting it all on the calendar, prioritizing, this is where we got to start. Well, the whole fact that we did that last year and we calendared out every single, when every single episode is going to publish and when we would need to be done recording by in order to do all the editing and how many topics we wanted to do and how many different types of shows. So by putting all that like goal setting in place and putting it all in the calendar as a regular reminder, it gave us enough visibility and kept us aware of that goal because we would have we would have missed it. There yeah. were times when both Melanie and I were so overrun with other projects and life and family and traveling and things happening and teams and and you're just busy and then you're like, oh, crap, trust the journey is supposed to publish on Saturday. Yeah. You know, but with that reminder system in place now, I've got the ability to say, okay, I know we're going to need one of these in a week from now and another one in three weeks. So let's plan. And then we get on the phone and we make the record, we schedule the recordings and we nail down all the parts and we get the editing going. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. This was an interesting year in terms of overwhelm. I felt overwhelmed a large majority of this year. And I don't say that as a bad thing. I say it as a learning point that I took on a lot of work and I had, it was growing pains. So that's like a really good thing. Growing in highlight, growing in my life coaching business, doing big projects, certainly like the book and then the book launch and then my website and stuff like that. So there were a lot of big projects that were going on in parallel to this. So the fact that that happened. The other thing I want to note relative to trust the journey, though, celebrating is that we have been talking for a couple of years about having guest episodes and we made that happen this year. 
We surpassed our goal. Our goal set that we set last year for guest episodes was to continue to contemplate whether we wanted to do them or how we wanted to do them because we both were still pretty overwhelmed at the end of last year and we weren't sure we could actually commit to we're going to do guest episodes in 2021. We couldn't say that with energy and without that making us feel overwhelmed. And so we just said, we'll keep thinking about it. We'll keep exploring that idea. And so the fact that we moved on that idea from that contemplation and we put it into actual reality, I I think that's also something to celebrate because those were some of our most listened to episodes of the entire year. Yeah, and huge thanks to um, all of our guests who came on the show. Melanie started her Conscious Connection series with Tanisha. Tania. And I started, sorry, um, Tania. Yeah, that's okay. No problem. I apologize. No, no worries. And um, I started my new series, Walking Each Other Home, with Tucci, and second episode with Kylie Hardigan. And I have to say, um, the episode with Kylie is by far my favorite episode of the year, maybe one of my favorite ever. And the feedback I get just floors me. So huge thanks to Kylie and to um, to everybody who's sent a message, a friend, um, somebody who is now a friend, which is a great, isn't that the great, this great thing when you're like somebody who just reached out that you don't really know as it's mostly a stranger is now a friend. Mm -hmm. So that's the like making conscious connections piece of this now. Right. Yes. Somebody reached out to me and said, I was listening to that episode as I was driving. I had a five hour drive. I plugged in for this long couple hour episode and by halfway through it, I had pulled over on the side of the road to stop and cry. Yeah. Oh, you know, it and it just f- touches my heart. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Oh yeah. yeah. The, all of those episodes where we are, cause we've been in practice of this for a long time now. I mean, I say a long time, but meaning we're still toddlers in podcast land, but meaning, meaning we are doing this every other week and we have, that's a lot of experience comparatively to people who don't necessarily speak on podcasts in a regular way. Certainly not with the, with the intention of it being a deep and connected share in space, which is what trust the journey, conscious connections and walking, walking each other home is. And so I really honor and and extend my gratitude to our guests as well who who say yes to be on the on this show in this project knowing that they're going to be sharing it though at those levels and that's just beautiful and brave and it makes a difference so the, that's the thing our most listened to episodes are those episodes it's pretty powerful yay. yeah yay. i know yeah. yay <laughs> Oh, so uh, I I feel really um, motivated when I look back at the year in review. One of the things I wanted to touch on with regards to this process, because I've now been in it for 20 years of consistently repeating this of process of review, reset, kind of get back into present state and then look forward, clarify forward direction and particular goals and then look for unification or overlap of goals and clarify those areas and then move into the next set of, you know, into the next year. That has been happening at different levels of intensity for the last 20 and with different groups. It has sometimes been the same partner, same person and a completely different goal set. So, A great example is like Ian Bobo and I were PD factory team members for years. So we had, you know, 15 years of speaking on that and then it switched and we didn't do it anymore as factory team when I stopped doing that. But we do it as as partners in flight one now. So there's a relationship shift, a target shift, a complete goal set shift to another area. But the same people are there. And I think. We see that in a lot of ways in our lives with our families and in uh, other areas. But what I really wanted to touch on is what I have seen from my own through doing this repeatedly, what I've seen is my average amount of success is measurable. I can Mm -hmm. look back and I can say, oh, I put 20 things on my list 
And I did 16 of them. And I go, wow, I actually did about, like almost everything on this list. You know, I skipped a couple, but I go, well, a couple of them actually ended up not being that important to me. Once I got focused on other things, I realized they weren't huge priorities. A couple get rolled over into the new year because they were bigger projects than I un- understood them to be when I first visualized them. Yep. And most of the other ones are done with some level of success. And this has been consistent for me at about 80% mm-hmm. success. So I want to put that number out there for people because I don't think that it's that hard to achieve our goals. It's just that we usually don't have them clarified or have systems to get to them. Correct. Right? So this is the thing. Like If we're actually clarifying, refining, prioritizing, scheduling, actioning, putting all the detail into how we're going to achieve our goals, then it's just a matter of going to work every day towards those things. Yeah, showing up. Showing up, right? Mm -hmm. Just go and do the thing we said we're going to do. They're not, they're really usually not that hard. And even when they are hard, they're not, they're not that hard. (laughs) They're not that hard. I mean, there are some hard things in life. These are not the hard things. Like achieving our goals are the fun things. Yeah, well, depends on what you put on the list. You know what I mean? It could be something you don't know how to do. So there's a learning element. Like, for example, I want to identify the root cause of my like of the stress eating that I have noticed that I do. Right. So that's something that I don't necessarily know exactly how to solve, but it's Mm. something that I'm setting as a goal is to identify that root cause so that I can replace that habit of stress eating with something new that's healthier. And so that's hard per se, only because I don't necessarily know exactly how to do it. But I know I'm only saying that to be devil's advocate to what you're sharing about, because what you're talking about in terms of physical, actionable things that we know the path to yeah not that hard and and i absolutely validate what you're doing because that's a really important point there are going to be things we are um amateur or um oh it's one of my favorite words and i'm forgetting it right now naive yeah too yeah Mm -hmm. we just don't know how what we're saying we think we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Just, I don't know what, yeah. that, that's good, what it entails, you know? Um, but I, what I, and I also wanted to share one more thing is I'm not stating my success rate because I want to stoke my ego to anybody listening. I'm saying it because I'm astounded mm-hmm. when I get to the end of the year and I go, holy shit. I actually did way more than I thought I did. And I did the things that I wanted to do when I sat down a year ago. And I'm, all, I'm every year I'm surprised. It has never changed. The whole process every time, which is one of these things in life where I'm like, oh, look at that, you know? And <laughs> oh, I didn't, I actually was way lazier. I, I unf- like, I'll be such a critic of my own experience and say, I didn't work as hard as I could have. I didn't, well, didn't think I was focused. I slacked off. I let things fall off my plate and I still have this high success rate. And so the reason I'm iterating it again, not to stroke me or tell you how cool I think I am. I'm trying to pass along that this is just a map to get to, a, to achieve something. We just have to have a roadmap to get us there. And your chances are that you're going to be successful to about 70 to 90%. And go ahead and overpopulate your list by about 20 or 30% overpopulate it so that (laughs) there are things that fall off the side that don't matter so much and you stay towards the ones that are. I definitely overpopulate my list, but I I'm cool with it. And I think part of why I'm cool with it is that over the years, I have absolutely shed this notion of perfection around how things get executed, the timeline it takes to execute certain things and the acceptance of the process. You know what I mean? So like knowing that the part of the process is not getting things done in the timeline that we think, you know what I mean? That like accepting that some things take longer. My audiobook's a perfect example of that. 
where last year it rolled over. It was one of those rollover goals. I might have ended this year having not finished that because I didn't know the actual path to the end. I had to really just work through that process. And it took longer than I thought this year as well. My goal was to have it published by my birthday, which is late January. And I think I published it in June. But still... I, I published it and it's out there. And that's a that's another thing that I really celebrate is that that's actually finished and done. But it's a great example of the acceptance of this kind of process where you persist even when things don't necessarily look the way you're you're thinking they will look. How often do you think we actually get things done on the timeline we anticipate them getting done in? I think it's rare. Yeah, it's I do. the odd time out, not, yeah. the, not the norm. I right? agree that it is not the norm. It's it's such a challenging thing. So I see this as like a societal kind of malfunction or misfunction because I have this happening to me right now in my Flight One world. I've been working on a key project since almost a year since it's truly like started getting traction. And it was somewhere around May when it really like started pumping dollars into it Mm -hmm. and now it's six to eight weeks behind we should it should have been done you know but of course it's it's past the deadline you know like when you get into it you're like this isn't gonna get done in this time this this takes way more time than we anticipate and some more energy more money more resources those kinds of things and it seems to me that i'm almost never able to estimate the true amount of time, especially time, that any project is going to take. So maybe I'm just learning aloud right now or observing aloud right now that maybe I need to just start automatically adding 30% to whatever I think it's going to take so that it's more realistically more landing, reasonable. Yeah. more reasonable. Um, that could be one way to, re- to respond to it. But it seems like we all do this to each other. Like there's some part of us that's empathetic to each other's experience and wants to help each other achieve whatever it is we're trying to achieve in the period of time that we're, you know, we like it to fall in. But yeah. it's usually unreasonable. Like, And I think this creates this thing in the world where we're always like spinning our wheels in a hurry to go do something all the time. And it all, it's always feeling late and always feeling behind. And I kind of don't like it. I'd like, to, <laughs> I'd like to stop doing that a little bit. So I'm going to find a way to write this down as a goal to like allocate my time more yeah, accurately or exper- efficiently or well, maybe more experiment with how you allocate your time since you're not sure what it's going to how it's going to function best for you. One yeah. of my favorite quotes, I probably have said this before, but this is it's very relevant to this particular piece of the conversation is that people overestimate what they can do in a week and they underestimate what they can do in a year. So that's why when we're talking about allocating or writing a list down and putting more on the list than you think is that the the longer term timeline we for whatever reason, I don't know the reason, but most people underestimate what they can actually accomplish in a year. You are astounded. Even after 20 years of doing it, you're still every year you're astounded. Whoa, I did 80 percent. What? pretty mm. consistent data point for you to, you know what i mean whereas mm-hmm. in a week we have 18 million things on our to-do list and then we're like disheartened because we haven't accomplished what we thought we quote unquote should have accomplished because there's this sort of weird disconnect with how much we think we can get done in a shorter time period hmm. i'm just you, you, my mind goes spinning off into the relationships of relativity of time because i love thinking on that quantum field kind of level and how there's a relative experience the younger we are the longer a day is the longer a year is the older we are Mm. the shorter a day and the shorter Mm. a year is so there's this kind of transitioning period and, and having spent a lot of time in environments that are very temporary such as the sky or in free free fall is a great example. You can only be in free fall for so long before it's over. Yeah. You know, 
that you have these endpoints. So your relationship to the end changes when you first get out of a plane. So this is a fun foray. When you first jump out of a plane, your relationship between you and the ground, if it may have a note of fear if you're a beginner, but once you've overcome that initial set of fears, when you first jump out of the plane, you have all the time in the world. You're in no hurry. You're like, the ground is so far away. It is not a factor. And, and it's one of the things we have to teach ourselves, right? We have to teach ourselves that you don't need to be afraid right now. Right. Because nothing in the next 60 seconds is of any danger. And you're actually more, it's probably more dangerous if you act like it is. Yes. Than if you just stay relaxed. And enjoy the ride for the next 60 seconds. You know, you're you're probably safest to just pretend like there's no danger at all for the next 60 seconds. And then as the ground finally starts to get closer to a certain range, there's like a, a sweet spot where it's probably, you know, we only want to get about so close to this before it's time to start doing something about it in a very calculated way. And then there's a point where we get too close where now. Things are ha start happening very fast and we start running out of time exponentially quicker and quicker where it's just like this closer you get, the more of a rush everything becomes. But the way that our minds perceive that is that the closer you get to that, the more everything slows down, hmm. the slower and slower and slower everything happens in our relationship to our perception. So it's a, such a unique experience, this human ride that we're all on. Oh, fascinating. Such a good it's example. Yeah. Such a good example, the skydiving example. <laughs> I just laugh because, yeah, like when you exit an aircraft after you overcome those initial fears, you're not afraid. You are absolutely not afraid because you have tons of time, quote unquote, tons of time, a.k.a. 55 seconds. <laughs> Like 55 <laughs> seconds. Start now. <laughs> Just makes me laugh. That's why when I said earlier in the show, oh, people like it takes a long time. It's like, well, what's a long time? What does that actually mean? 55 seconds. 55 seconds. <laughs> it's a really long time if you're trying to keep somebody's attention while they're scrolling on their phone. Oh, my gosh. Right. Right. So just that, the whole relativity of like, oh our, it's my just gosh. so this, this is what you just said. Um, we think we overestimate what we can get done in a week and we underestimate what we can get done in a year. Right. Yep. So it's about the attention and the re repetition, you know, so the whole, what can we get done in a year thing is related to coming back to it repeatedly, you know, and returning to that and returning to that. So our yes. trusted journey project what did we get done in last year 56 57 episode no 26 27 episodes mm -hmm. you know every other week we got an episode published plus all the admin support time and structure around keeping everything running so all the emails all the posting and upload downloading all the file transfers all the editing all the stuff that makes it happen mm -hmm. so the returning to that like we couldn't do that in a week right Correct. it won't happen in a week it can happen in a year if we look at it as the whole year and try and imagine doing it all at once. It's too overwhelming and it's just going to like we're going to bury ourselves. Correct. But if we stretch it out and make it an achievable goal. So I'll relate my Appalachian Trail experience here because everybody has the some relationship to this in their own journey. All I have to do is walk to the next spot where I'm going to stop. You know, if it means I walk for 10 more minutes before I sit down, or if it means I walk 10 more miles before I sit down and make camp, or that maybe I need to walk at 100 in a week or, you know, a thousand in the year, mm -hmm. whatever the distance is, break it down. And sometimes, sometimes all I need to do is take one more step. And it gets all the way down to that like lowest granular or aggregate level of like, just this next one is all that matters. Yeah. I don't need to think about episode 100. I just need to think about episode one. It's Let's so true. It is so true. Gosh, if anybody takes anything from this episode, I feel like that is such a powerful and important thing because it, the iteration is what makes anything big. You know what I'm saying? It just 
big things happen over time in small bits. Small bits of anything build into large accomplishments, large impact, whatever it is we're trying to do, deeper connected relationships. Those happen over time through iterative connection, showing up, showing up, showing up for whatever it is that we say that we want to do. And that takes something, the discipline of that. So we go back to the systems, the discipline, the frequency we engage stuff. So that implies these systems of support that allows us to do this. And this is one thing that I hadn't mentioned yet. I briefly mentioned talking about you being the teammate, but the 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 support, the rigorous teamwork is a the committed at, at the same level of teamwork is, I think, a, an important piece as well. It would be different if you were more committed than me or I were more committed than you. It would sort of ultimately kind of falter with mm-hmm. like one stool leg a little bit shorter than the other. It wouldn't hold up. So that's why the clarification of aligned goals and where we can commit and how much we can commit is so important in those areas, right? Because if you want to charge, I need to empower you to charge while I'm not able or motivated to be involved in that charge. Correct. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. And so team, going back to this process, the what Jay described at the beginning, I mean, do you want to share some of what we're thinking of toward heading toward 2022? I do, but I want to make one other mention here yeah, go. before we go to the forward piece. Absolutely. And and this is, it's a really interesting uh, awareness that came into my sphere this year. I listen to the Huberman Lab podcast quite often. It's become one of my absolute favorites. I It works really well for me because I have this need to understand how things work in order to be able to uh, attend to them. Like I can't fix my car if it's broken, if I don't know what's wrong with it. You know, I just know it's not working. Mm -hmm. I have to understand it. So if I'm talking about me as what's broken and I know there's something about myself or my life or something going on, I I don't know why it's like that, then I don't know what to change to make it better. So Huberman Lab does a lot of talking about how the brain works and how our neural systems work. And there's an episode which is talking about Controlling your dopamine for motivation, focus, and satisfaction. It's episode number 39. And in that episode, and this is the the reason why I ping it here, is he focuses a section on discussing how dopamine affects our relationship to motivation. So why we continue showing up and how showing up to doing something repeatedly and it becomes the goal doing like the goal is not the, the joy. The fun is not in saying I have a goal. Okay. The joy of the experience is not in saying I'm, I'm going to do this, nor is the joy saying I did it. Neither one of those bookends to whatever thing we are trying to create within our lives in this whole journey and experience is the sweet spot of that experience, right? I can sit here on December 31st and say, I have a goal to achieve this by December 31st, 2022. I'll give myself one year to do it. Starting that conversation right here, putting that line in the sand for myself, it's it's irrelevant. It's equally irrelevant is, is one year from now saying I did it. Toss those away because they they're really invaluable experiences compared to the nose to the grindstone of doing them. Yeah. The experience. Yep. The experience, the journey. Okay. So it's literally trust the journey. Absolutely. And, And it's proven science. And he explains it that you, we, you, I need to lie to ourselves in the process literally vocally mentally internally and say i love this part when it's hard (laughs) and when we're not focused and when we're flailing if we show up and say this if we just remind ourselves and we say no no this is the good part doing the work 
towards whatever it is. If we if we have the presence of mind to say doing this task every week at the same time every week, this is the good part of what I'm doing instead of dreading it or, um, you know, despising it or, or some negative energy. If we mentally tell it, like trick ourselves into believing that it's the fun part. And the, the Appalachian Trail analogy is the one that got me here because you'd be walking and you'd be like, I love hiking. I love hiking. Man, my knees hurt. My back hurts. Everything hurts. I'm tired. My feet hurt. And you just say, I love it. I love this part. This is the good part. And what happens is the neurochemistry in our mind shifts. And we actually have this enjoyable experience. And the whole thing becomes something that we appreciate. But if we do it the other way around... And the second rate to my world championships where stepping off the podium, having this horrible, empty experience in life of like, I achieved my goal and I feel like shit. Yeah. Because the focus is on, on the goal itself rather than on enjoying the journey. Mm. So I really, really want to anchor this episode around the idea that 2022 or the years ahead in your life, whatever journey is in front of you, the best part of it is the in-between. It's the part where we're showing up to work every day, just getting out of bed every day, being with our family every day, doing the hard work, resting, giving ourselves what we need. It's the in-betweens. Don't worry about getting to the goal. Ugh. Let's not get ahead of ourselves because once you get there, it's over. Mm -hmm. And we did it and we don't have it to do anymore. Now it's gone it's from so our lives. True. It's yeah. so fascinatingly true that I've had that experience countless times where after something is achieved, you're sort of flailing around because you're like, uh, uh, uh. If you're not working towards something and it's not that you always need to be working towards something. It's just that for me personally, I love that. I love I get excited at that. The gritty parts are the opportunity. I'm so excited about growth in general that I like to set goals that there's no possible way I could achieve in any short timeline that it would require me to do this iterative process. It's, it's such an interesting way to get yourself off of the instant gratification crack pipe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where you start to deliberately have experiences and set goals, as it were, that will require that in-between. Then you'll have experiences of that in-between and you'll have experiences achieving, quote unquote, bigger things than maybe you thought you could achieve. And yeah, those moments of getting it done will be cool, but they will be momentary. And then you'll have the, the awareness because you will have had the experience to to compare the two. You know what I'm saying? You maybe didn't have that experience when you were a competitive canopy pilot. So you had that very empty experience at the end. But for me, I, I and again, I keep looking, saying the book, but it's only it's the biggest thing of recent achievement or anything I've done with highlight. Huge, giant accomplishments, the demo jumps that we do, those are fleeting moments, but the whole of the experience, building the team, building the relationships, building the business, that is what really in my heart of hearts, I'm most proud of the, the actual highlight moments. And I mean that in a, like not team name wise, <laughs> the like peak moments are simply a part of that bigger pie that that brings fulfillment, at least for me. So, yeah, I love that. I think that's really, really super, super great that you shared all that and, and great that we're anchoring the episode in that. Yeah, there's one other element in there that's really I've learned and I want to continue to pass forward to everybody is that in order for the a the achieving of a, a goal to be felt as a success for it to be something where we actually have an emotional experience of i did it or it needs to be we did it yeah it, it, we did it the, it needs to be we did it the i did it 
there's some of that inside of things that we need to do for ourselves in order to gain self-confidence and trust in ourselves and those kinds of things. We need some I did it's in our life, right? Mm-hmm. But the true relish of this feels great is to say we did it and celebrate in a connective experience. That's where you can say, okay, you know, we put out these plans for ourselves. We worked on it for years and years. Now we did it. And when you're there in that we did it experience, it's actually got a rich, fulfilling, yes, look at everybody's faces. We share in each other's experience where having been there myself, I can speak to this. The I did it feels empty. Yeah. Truly Agreed. feels empty. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, God, I so agree. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes, 100%. Hmm. So I don't really want to get too wrapped up into 2022's individual goals for us because I don't think they're too relevant, but I do want to take a second to reflect on how, what, why, what are we choosing and why are we choosing it? Yeah, you know, the only reason I would want to share a little bit about that is so that people can be bear witness to our process. And uh, that's really it. Whether we have full clarity around what we're going to say right now or not doesn't even necessarily have to be there. You know what I'm saying? Because I know we have a little bit more to do in our process around this. Um, just so you know, team, that's those of you listening, we're still working on the finalizing our process this year. Um, but yeah, we had talked about, and this is again, just some ideas that we're tossing around, but having different style episodes, maybe having more of a balance of episodes so that we can better plan ahead for with our, our gosh, not sorry, walking each other home and conscious connections, have that a little bit more, see how we do to increase the number of those episodes simply because it is so wonderful to have people and to share our platform and to get the honor to be shared on other people's platforms and into their audiences as well. It just helps us reach more people and have more of an impact, hopefully, with the conversations and the connections that we're creating here. So that's something we're entertaining. We'll see how that shakes out and what's that what that ends up looking like. Um, But yeah, going back to the values, what and why. I feel like I feel very connected to our values. I uh, I would like to be more active in the Trust the Journey family personally. That's something I want to voice to the the world. I'm I'm active there. But I want to bring a little bit more intention to that. That's something that I I care about going into this next year because the family is so incredibly supportive. When somebody needs something and is really having a hard time, it's really phenomenal how people show up. And so anyway, I just I want to be a little bit more active there. That's something I care about. I'm still in a phase of um, wanting to prioritize for myself kind of review mm-hmm. last night like i said last night <clears throat> i took a good amount of time it uh, and you know what i'll share this with people so that they can see i actually had a really hard time staying at my desk there was a number of times when i sat down with this open in front of me and i got up and walked away from my desk and this is what my ego does when i'm challenged by something is i stand up and i walk away from it so i'm there i open it I make no traction. I don't click on anything. I don't start typing. I haven't started creating. I'm afraid of the process. And then I'm standing in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to recognize. I'm like, oh, here, what am I doing in the kitchen again? You know, so and this is something that I've seen over the years for myself. And I caught myself doing it last night. And so I finally started getting traction in the process of focusing my own goals by categorizing them. Yeah. I'm like, well, which of these are personal which of these are team which of these are creative goals which are spiritual growth goals and like i just started categorizing them into categories and that way i didn't really have to like 
clarify or commit to anything. Like I wasn't right. I, I don't have to make some like big statement about something. I just yeah. have to start yeah. structuring them. And then the smaller pieces start to make sense. So as soon as I put them in categories, I'm like, well, I've got six different things that fall in this one particular category for Queen Jasmine. And well, one of them comes to the top of the list immediately because there's a time frame related to it. So I start doing this structure and organizing piece there. And with respect to our trust the journey process, we've got a whole bunch of stuff on our list. We haven't prioritized and organized yet. That will happen along with what we we know, the fact that there are some that are more driven by time or some mm-hmm. that are driven by scheduling. And so for me, that's kind of how I have to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Attend to that process. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, the only reason I would voice anything is because I'm okay with changing my mind. Yeah. I'm okay with it changing. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I'll share one of the ones from our list, which I think is a perfect reflection of that, is <laughs> something I've listened to recently on um, Waking Up on the Sam Harris app. I've been listening to some new meditations on there and really loving them. And there's a wonderful teacher and his name is Joseph Goldstein. And he's got a new series on there called The Path of Insight. Mm. And he's talking about how a revered Buddhist meditation teacher, Buddhist monk summarizes in the entire concept of Buddhism down into a simple statement and says, everything changes. Mm, mm -hmm. And the implications of how that statement can reflect on absolutely everything in our experience. And it made me think about how evolution favors the most adaptable, right? It doesn't matter if you're the strongest, the biggest, the smallest. It's not about how big or small you are. It's not about how tough you are. It's about how adaptable you are to when the things, circumstances you're in change, how can you change to best, you know, survive and thrive within your super circumstances. So one of the goals that we've created for ourselves is to be adaptable, to be malleable, to be able to change within our space and let our goals shift. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much evidence in my life and in our team life that we will follow through and take actions and be accountable. That's why I can rest easy in Mm -hmm. allowing myself to change my mind is that I know I don't fuck around. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. And if I need to change my mind, I need to also allow that. Otherwise, it's too rigid and I'm not able to be in my life and allow for the organic beauty that sometimes comes unpredictably to us. So I I always I'm just in a much more chill place around achievement in general. And it's I feel as a result, I feel so much more at ease talking about things it's fascinating. I think that is it's it feels like a tipping point given I have I feel like I have done a lot in my life. I feel like there's a lot more to that I can do and that I will do and that I want to do. It's more that I I've just I don't know, I've softened into some kind of ease around it as well because I know the ferocity is is there. <laughs> if that makes sense. No, that's beautiful. You so many beautiful like images came into my mind when you said that softening around the edges. I kind of imagined like an octopus and how they could just move through any space because they just adapt to whatever that shit yeah. to like squeeze through. And then I imagined like a ball of energy, like a ball of light and how it would have a really intense core that's <laughs> shining and bright and hot. But out on the edges, it's like kind of changing and it has yeah. a surface and fiery. So I, that's me. this is how my mind works. You, <laughs> that's how my mind works is I see these things that relate in pictures to yeah. what I'm hearing described in words. And I really love that analogy. That's, that's great. Softening around the edges because we know that our direction is on course. We're headed for yeah. what we're headed for. The little stuff doesn't matter. Let's not get attached to it. I said this at the time. Yeah, I changed my mind. So what? Mm-hmm. I have my path. 
I trust myself. I believe in myself. I trust in you. I trust my teammates, my family. I trust you to be human. Absolutely. Trust me to be human. Yes. Yes. All that. Well, any final thoughts, my friend? I feel like that's a beautiful note to end this on. And team, family, listening, I hope you're getting a lot out of this show. I hope you take some tactical and some insightful pieces from this one that you can actually apply and also have support you conceptually and energetically and emotionally throughout the year as well. Yeah, I would have to say if there's something I want to anchor one more time is really reflect on this idea that everything changes. Everything changes all the time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, there's a piece in that. That's that softening. That's that letting go of. Yeah, it's all, it's all Th- changing. That allows us to do a process like this that details things out and still allows us the emotional safety to engage in that process. If we're acknowledging of the unpredictability and the and the potentiality for things to completely change, then we are never, quote unquote, screwing it up. You know what I mean? Like you're never going to be screwing it up because life is unpredictable and lots of information comes in in unexpected ways and times. And that doesn't necessarily mean we shouldn't engage in a process like what we outlined today to help us move in the directions that matter to us. We just are also allowed to have the ease of changing our mind if we don't use that as a loophole to get out of the iterative work over time. Here, here. Here, here. Here, here. Happy 2022. Oh, yeah, that's right. Happy New Year, guys. What? Happy 2022, everyone. Oh, my God. 2022. Thanks for being here with us. We love you. Yes. Give any thanks. Close our episode out. Yeah. Thank you. As Jay said at the beginning, if you want to find us on the internet, trustthejourney.today is where to find us. If you want to join the Trust the Journey family in 2022, we welcome you. We love you. We would love to have you. That is all you need to do is go to the website, trustthejourney.today, scroll down, donate on Patreon in any amount, and we will add you to that private Facebook group. Uh, And gosh, Kimberly Joy Voice, we love you so much. Thank you so much for your help this year. Anybody who needs an audio editor, you can get her at KimberlyJoyVoice at gmail.com. As we said, Jay on Instagram at at Jason Jason underscore Maletsky. And I am on Instagram at MelanieCurtis11. And we just love you. And here's to a new year. Booyah Kashan. Booyakasha. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Love you. Bye. Love you.